Files. It's time for the SLS cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to episode 281 of the SLS cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the sum of the first 14 primes episode of the SLS cast because it turns out that if you do the sum of the first 14 primes, you get. 281. And with that wonderful little bit of math trivia, I, of course, am Matt. And coming to us all the way from sunny California would be our resident Sony employee, Tim. How was your Memorial Day, sir? My Memorial Day was nice. I went to Arizona, which is always a fun place to go to. Ah, sounds fun. We had a block party. Ooh, you did. Yeah, hadn't had one for a while, and uh, just due to scheduling conflicts and all sorts of fun stuff with life getting in the way, so we all sat down about a month ago, and we had kind of an impromptu barbecue over here at the house, and some of the neighbors came over and were like, you know what, god damn it, we need to have ourselves a block party, and so I was like, let's do it, and so we chose to do it on uh, the Sunday before Memorial Day, so we did it back on the 27th, I had uh, family come into town. Had friends come over that hadn't seen for a while. Uh, the neighbors invited friends. So yeah, we had a big old party and had a good time. You know, back into the, uh, like you called it before, the, that time warp slice of Americana. We're, we still, we, we still have that here. Oh, for sure. And there's nothing like a good barbecue in a cul-de-sac either. You're forced to be communal with people, I think. So luckily you get along with your neighbors, it seems like. We do. Um, and, and I mean, uh, we're not like, super best friends, amazing friends with all of our neighbors. But we do know all of our neighbors, and we are close with several of them. So, I mean, it makes it easy to, you know, just keep an eye out for each other. Between all the neighbors on the street, we know when someone's going out of town, so everybody tries to keep an eye on the house and stuff like that. You know, if a dog or a cat gets out, hey, hey, we'll get your cat, we'll get your dog, blah, blah, blah. We take care of each other like that. And that's probably why... If I do say so myself, I think we got the best street in the neighborhood, you know? Well, that's nice. Yeah. Anyway, we we definitely seem to go overboard, as it were, on all of our talking at the beginning of the show and our <laughs> meteoric discussion of John Lasseter. Maybe we should just get right down to the nitty gritty. What do you think? You know, that sounds good. However, for the sake of having a record of being stupid... <laughs> Have you ever put nitty gritty or searched nitty gritty on oh, Urban Dictionary? Christ. Are we seriously doing this again? <laughs> because I have nope. not. <laughs> oh, I figured you'd just done it. I figured and, you were about to read it to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, I am right now. Oh, okay. Let's Top do definition: nitty gritty, nitty gritty. To get down to the serious stuff, this stuff could be work. Find details of a plan or sex. Use it in a quote. Read, oh love, I've taken you out to the fancy restaurant tonight. I've fled and watered you and we've had a read grand neat. 
Are we going to get down to nitty gritty? Or have I just wasted 25 quid on you for naught? This here is written by Dr. Fox, and I guess that's how people spoke in England in the year 2007. I guess so. According to Nacho Libre, nitty gritty means to get down to the facts of life and really find out what your woman wants. And that's all I got. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, then we are going to jump right into our copycat throwdown. It's it's the the copy copy cat cat throwdown throwdown. That's right. It's the copycat throwdown. Well, that's right. It's the copycat throwdown. Stop it. Stop Stop it. it. No, no, seriously. Stop it. Oh, right. Like, stop repeating? Stop repeating. Right. Oh, uh, okay. I'm going to kick your ass. ass. Throwdown time. All right. And this week's copycat throwdown, we are comparing 1987's Overboard versus 2018's Overboard. Um, so I guess, well, let's, let's, uh, let's do. 1987's Overboard. Take a whistle. Caviar should be round and hard, and it should burst in your mouth at precisely the right moment. For Mrs. Grant Staten III, life was a cruise. Until the night, she went for a swim. Her mother is in shock. Only one for breakfast. Her husband is in mourning. I love L.A. Seems a mystery woman was picked up by the Elk Cove garbage count. And a local handyman in a lot of trouble. Your children are totally lacking in parental supervision. Hey, you don't have to tell me these kids are lucky. Has just found a way out. She seems to be suffering from amnesia. Of course I know my name. It's... Yeah, that's my little cookie cutter. This missing link person is not my husband. Well, he seems to like you, and he's a nice guy. Come to daddy. Gee, Mom, we're so glad you're back. Hi, Mom. What is it I normally do? I prepared and handled raw food. Ah! Ah! I was short and you walk kind of hunched over, you know? We did it on the first date. Couldn't call it a date, really. We just did it right there in the parking lot on 7-Eleven. And the short, fat sleeves. Is this Joanna Staten? Are you going to bring me my lemon or do I have to squeeze it from my hat? Is this Joanna Staten? <gasps> Goldie Hawn. I'm Joanna Staten. Baby doll, what's for dinner? Kurt Russell. What? No boom boom? Sugar lips. Yeah. Overboard. Thank you for making me a wife and a mother. Why did you do that? So that's 1987's Overboard. And just to show you how original and groundbreaking the remake was, here's 2018's Overboard. Why am I even trying to be a nurse? I'm going to be delivering pizzas and cleaning carpets for the rest of my life. Attractive for a carpet cleaning lady. Although you maybe could do something with your hair. Yeah. No, that's not it. It's your face. Yeah. 
When it's that curry, could you be a doll and get me a little snack? You know I was just hired to do carpets, right? You're fired. I bet you haven't worked a single day in your entire self-absorbed life. Help! I'm equipment! He is the devil. I owe the cleaning company 3,000 bucks and they fired me. Rich people, they get away with everything. I don't know what day it is. I don't even know my own name. Amnesia in our little town. That's him. I have an idea that is poetic in its justice. I'm here to pick up my husband. You mean my wife? For better or worse, baby. I'm poor? Yep. Daddy! How come they don't look like me? We had to use a sperm donor. I'm sterile. What do I do for a living? I'm pretty sure I've never worked construction. I might be more suited for light office work. I'll go easy on you. Hi, honey. How was your first day? And I said, what? Ain't it in the morning? Why does he only do your chores? He's not babysitting. Because you think he's a pervert? Of course not. What's a pervert? Nothing. Then can I have one? I'm going to try a little harder. Maybe I'll surprise myself. Hey, you learned how to ride without training wheels. Dad taught me. He has paid his debt. I have tortured him long enough. You're telling a ditch digger he's a billionaire. Pretty sure he's going to be OK with it. I like having a dad around. We want to keep him. You guys are good together. I love having a fake husband. Maybe next time I ask you to commit a crime, you won't fight me on it. Can I get you to haul the dirt on the other side of the house? No, I speak English. Sorry. I will talk to Bobby. See, Bobby. I love doing that. That's right. They just changed the gender roles, people. That's how you make a movie. <sighs> 1987's Overboard uh, was directed by Gary Marshall. And it stars Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. And uh, was actually produced, interestingly enough, by Roddy McDowell, who is a co-star in the film. Um, and it uh, follows uh, Dean, who is a, a handyman and carpenter. And he goes to take care of Joanna Staten, her yacht. And she needs to have a new uh, shoe closet built. And so he does that. Things go awry. He gets tossed overboard. His tools get tossed overboard. Um, and he's pissed off and he's out this money and he's out his tools and, you know, life is rough. She ends up falling overboard that evening and washes ashore, suffering from amnesia. And what does Dean do? Hey, I'm going to get back at this woman and she's going to take care of my three rowdy boys. Shenanigans ensue. But can true love come of this, of this myriad rampant issues that are developing from this? 2018's Overboard <laughs> follows Anna Ferris as Kate, who is a single mom with three kids. Uh, she's struggling. She's got different jobs. She's trying to get into nursing school. And she ends up on Leonardo's yacht. He's like the son of the third richest man in the world or something like that. Um, and she, and so she's just trying to clean the carpets and stuff. And again, of course, you know, shenanigans ensue there. She ends up overboard. Her, uh, her, her steam cleaner ends up in the water. And then again, at night, he falls off and hurts and whatever, knocks his head. And he ends up with amnesia. Oh, in the same town. In the same town where one of the deputies happens to mention, well, there was a lady who got amnesia about 30 years ago. 
So, ha 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 ha, what a way to reference that. Um, the, and so again, so she's like, ooh, I know. Let me get back at this guy. <sighs> so she takes Leonardo in, convinces, convinces them that, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. It's basically, I, I don't want to say it's not exactly a shot for shot remake, but it's pretty fucking close to a shot for shot remake. Um, down to the running time, people. Down to the running time. The original movie, 112 minutes. The new movie, 112 minutes. All right. So the original movie. <laughs> hey, but 69% of audiences thoroughly enjoyed 2018 Overboards. I got a feeling overboards, that. Overboard. Uh, yeah, 2018 I was Overboard. overboard. Yeah, B-O-R-E-D. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Norm Macdonald, for that. Look, I get that. I would say that people in the audience uh, who watch 2018's Overboard have probably more than likely not seen the original. The original um, had a few pacing issues, and as with a lot of Gary Marshall's comedies, you you are either invested either through characters or storytelling or you're not and you just simply enjoy at least a decently made film and so the movie was not a super huge box office success but it has it 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 has um a charm a very persistent charm and of course it's a gary it's a quintessential gary marshall film it also has the added bonus of the real life you know romantic couple in goldie hawn and kurt russell but I, but it's also, I think because it, because it is a quintessential Gary Marshall film, even if you find that the jokes fall a little bit flat and it's not your cup of tea, you still appreciate the craft that, the crafted story that's given to you. Um, and I think it's, it's better told. And I think that you can, that even if it's not the funniest thing or it's not the best, the heart with which Gary Marshall made his films is evident, and I think it makes it the superior version regardless. The problem with Overboard in 2018 is that instead of Leonardo having a journey of self-discovery that enables him to to truly become one with Kate which is what happens with Joanna and Dean, right? So Joanna as Annie um, has a journey of self-discovery that works within the dynamic of the family that causes them to all come together. Leonardo is just kind of left to be in this own little limbo, um, which, which is fine. I think that, I think that, um, Derbez, uh, Eugenio Derbez, who is a, uh, Mexican star, uh, already. And so this is kind of like trying to give him some international cred. I, I think that he, he acts the part well for what it is, but 
for what it is within the film, it doesn't work to actually bring the film together. Uh, in terms of Anna Ferris, I think that for the most part, the character of Kate is wasted. I mean, it's, it's one thing to make a joke about, well, you sleep in the garage until you get over your drinking. But really the only time that there's any actual acting from her is when she comes clean. And even then it's, it's just a contrived part of the story. It's not really natural anymore. It's just not well made. And there are little glimmers in there. And I think um, Leonardo's arc, again, is the better one. Um, but it's just it's just not good, y'all. I'm sorry. It, it's, it, it's not cute. It's not funny. Um, it, and it's just... It's just the reason why people need to appreciate movies that have already been made. Um, not to mention, bringing it into the 21st century, you're trying to dismiss a lot of the stuff as farcical. Uh, because at least in the 80s version, you could theoretically get away with the activities of it as it would have happened in the in the 2018 version you're kind of like this is stupid there's no way this would go down um so yeah at the end of the day 1987's overboard wins hands down and and the love of the audiences for 2018's as i believe i firmly believe in my heart is because they just haven't seen 1987's version i am your husband my name is dean prophet We've been married for 13 years. Wait. I admit I have forgotten numerous things. But I truly, from the depths of my soul, do not remember you. Now, don't you think there'd be some spark of recognition? We don't know. Maybe you'll spark to this. Mrs. Annie Prophet. What's my maiden name? Annie Goolahy. Annie Goolahy? Where in God's name did I grow up? Dog Patch? Oh, no, not there. Over in Goober, Idaho. That's a nuclear waste dump. Where did I meet you? Hank's Donut World. Seattle, you used to hang out there every night when you were still in the Navy. You remember I was in the Armed Forces? What? I think I've still got some of those postcards you sent me from Okinawa. The Navy? Oh, come on, honey. You gotta know you were in the Navy. No, I don't know. I don't know any of this, and I don't know you. I need some proof. I don't like to talk about this in public, and I've never told anybody about this, but she does have a small strawberry-like birthmark. Uh, it's kind of high up on her left cheek, and it's, it's unique. Come to daddy. You and I are Mr. and Mrs. Leo Sullivan. We met in Cancun. You were a tour guide. I was working on a cruise ship. Was any of this ringing a bell? Nope, nothing. We dated every time I docked. We would get frozen yogurt and watch the sunset over the Playa Tortugas. That's where we fell in love. Sounds like you're a romantic, Leo. 
Look, look, look. I admit there are many things I've forgotten. But from the depths of my soul, I know I'm not married to this woman. So, unless I see some real proof, I'm getting a slice of pie at the cafeteria. Hmm? Good luck, crazy lady. Wait, 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 honey. I didn't want to say this because I know it embarrasses you, but you have a tattoo of a cartoon mouse on your right butt cheek. No, I don't. You're really my wife? For better or worse, baby. That's right. They just changed the gender roles, people. That's how you make a movie. What do you got there, Tim? You would think with, like, fingerprint tests, blood tests, <laughs> facial <The internet>. recognition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They would have figured out who this guy was in the 2018 version. I mean, what's great is that at least in the 80s version, the movie was played up to be such a ridiculous, to already be such a ridiculous comedy that the very idea that she was just such a bitch and the entire hospital staff just wanted her out of there and she they were right. willing to give her to anybody because she was such a bitch <laughs> is just hilarious because it is within the context of the movie you know it it works oh what is this gelatinous muck andrew when I tell you to pack staples, must I specify that you are to pack good caviar and not this $1.99 fish bait? Yes, madam. Caviar should be round and hard and of adequate size. And it should burst in your mouth at precisely the right moment. Uh, yes, madam. Carpenter? Yeah. You have exactly 48 hours. I suggest you get started. Throw that out. Yes, madam. And, yeah, you know, the the 80s movie crosses the line a couple times in terms of being overtly mean-spirited. But that's just the movie. I mean, she's a bitch and he's just an asshole. It's my wedding day. Why do I look so annoyed? Oh, yeah. Well, your dad showed up shit-faced. He threw potato salad all over my mom. It was all... We had to throw him out. Well, why do I have this depressed look on my face all the time? Well, you, you were grumpy a lot. You were losing the weight, you know? Then you'd gain it back, thin, fat, thin, but Was fat. I always this miserable? Wasn't I ever happy? Well, sure, honey, lots. I mean, you're, you're the happiest little wife and mother in the world, really. Hey, look at this. Before you lost the weight. Can you believe it? Hmm. All right, now that's it. Are you satisfied? Yes. Good. I suppose I belong here in this hovel. She learned something and he learned something. Does it work fully? Like, or does it make a whole lot of sense? No, not really. Their affection for one another, you kind of have to take it for a grain of salt as to what leads to that affection because it just kind of sort of happens and then the real problem kind of happens within the third act, I suppose. And that's okay because I really liked Almost everything about the movie. <laughs> Not just Joanna Staten and Dean Prophet, played by Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. From the very beginning, you knew the movie was cheesy. I mean, how about that music? How about the theme music in 1987's Overboard? I mean, 
it's very... I, I don't know how you would call it. Hilarious 80s hillbilly synth music? <laughs> it's pretty bad. So you cannot take this movie seriously. As a kid, I never took this movie seriously. But it does have these little tiny human moments that 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 work again for what the movie is trying to achieve but it still doesn't work 100%. It's incredibly entertaining. You have all these classic people that are in it. Catherine Helmond who plays uh Edith Goldie Hawn's mother uh and you also have Edward Herman who plays Grant who's the I guess the husband of Joanna, of Goldie Hawn, who he's just kind of living the riches and wants to have a good time, but is tired of dealing with his wife's bullshit. But however, she's the one that has all the money, and he's just really a slob mooching off of her. You know, and and it's great because Edward Herman, after you watch this movie, maybe it'll click that he he's like the go-to guy for playing these rich semi-stuck-up people, you know? Same thing with Catherine Hellman, other than in Coach. Well, I guess in Coach, she was kind of bitchy. But she has, like, this... In a way, in my mind, she has a reputation for being kind of like the bitchy rich mom. It all started with this movie for me. Then it went into Brazil and even with Coach. More, she was, I guess she was more so funny than overly bitchy in Coach, of what I remember. Joanna, why are you so upset? Why in the world do you care what some carpenter from Elk Snout thinks of you? I'm sure I'm just premenstrual. Well, then you must go right back to bed for at least two days. Enga, you don't shove the food down Shiitake's throat. You place it on her tongue. Don't they have dogs in Sweden? Grant mentioned having a baby again. What should I do? Darling, if you have a baby, we won't be the baby anymore. True. Well, I must go. Bye-bye, Mommy. What I can add on to what has already been said, I just don't know. I mean, at least with Goldie Hawn, she knew how to act and perform, I suppose, differently after her concussion. She before the concussion, she was an outright bitch. (laughs) After the concussion, she was still kind of a bitch, but she was trying to warm up to it. Because she believed in that Dean Prophet was honest, which makes him seem like the bad guy. And so I liked how that was handled. And then you kind of see her become more comfortable within the situation. And again, if you take away the misogynistic aspects of the relationship, it works. This movie, not so much. Leonardo, played by uh, Eugenio Derbez as the Goldie Hawn character... He starts off as an asshole, and he sounds and he acts pretty much the same way. And there's really no liking him. There's really no feeling bad for Anna Ferris because he is just a prick. And you see him being a prick, so you get to pass judgment on him and you feel sorry for her. But really what it comes down to is just shit is not feasible. They needed to reinvent the story, take the story on in a different direction, do a more of a drastic revamp for it to actually work. Because just having somebody fall off, wash up onto shore, which it would have had to have been nearby, 
And then you have the police chief and people who have been around for a while just saying, oh, yeah, this happened 30 years ago, you know, and therefore making this movie a sequel. When they put one and one together and be like, okay, well, maybe maybe it's happening again. This just sounds a little fishy. It just doesn't work. I, I think maybe I, I'm, I'm like having amnesia talking about this shitty movie because it feels like I'm just repeating the same thing over and over again. You know, maybe it's the overboard effect. And that is the overboard overboard effect not the overboard effect i'm just bored therefore it's giving me amnesia okay i'm gonna shut up it's contrived comedy that is not good at all therefore i award 1987's overboard the winner amongst the two (laughs) outstanding well woohoo Okay, so. (laughs) Yay for (laughs) shitty movies. (laughs) I guess. All right, so next week we're definitely going to have some news again for you. uh, And that'll be that. I guess it is now time to do the movies for this week. Is it not, sir? Let's do it. Here we go, folks. It's the movies. So, movies this week are Mohawk and I Kill Giants. What do you want to start? I Okay, let's start with the worst of the bunch. I'm going to say that the worst of the bunch is Mohawk. You are correct, sir. Yeah, well, here you go, Mohawk. They're going to kill us all if we don't fight. We are in a valley, surrounded by a ridge. To the north, there's a river. To the east, there's a war. You will not live to see tomorrow. Not because of what you did, because of who you are. We need to move. Oksa! I want the demons to leave and I will fight. They're over there! We are advancing with speed after the enemy. Now we have to get back and tell the people we're at war. So if I were to allow one more of your kind to kill one more white man, you could not face my lord on Judgment Day. Aren't you worried about her? Being out here in the woods all alone? No, but you should be. We should have never come here. This is our home. Then your home will burn. Hitsy! You are standing! There's something in these woods! This is Mohawk land. We're in their house. All right. Mohawk is a... But what's great, real quick, what's great is that there's no native language being spoken in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the many good things about this movie, by the way. (laughs) (sighs) Yes. Mohawk. uh, 2017 American action horror film. Directed by Ted... uh, Geo Hagen. It's written by Geo Hagen and novelist Grady Hendrix stars Kenna Teo Horn, Ezra Buzzington, Noah Sagan, and uh Luke Harper or Jonathan Luke Harper Huber as well. Basically, we've got some people who think that they're gonna be smart and they're Native Americans, supposedly, who are trying to take advantage of 
what they believe to be is a situation where they can burn down uh, an American encampment. Unfortunately, uh, some guys escape this fire and start tracking down. Uh, and it's basically a fight for survival between these two groups. Who will survive? Who will come out? Shenanigans ensue. Long story short, I... Do you remember Bone Tomahawk, Tim? Bone Tomahawk, that was... With Kurt Russell and the, in the cave and the... That's right, American. that came out... Yeah, we reviewed that like three years ago or so. Yeah, okay. When, that's the kind of action horror mashup that I think Western... You know, when I think of a mashup of horror and some other subgenre like action or Western or whatever. Sure. That That's kind of... I, I thought that was a more creative use of that kind of a mashup. I, I like the idea, like the idea of the film is it's the concept is cool. Like uh, what they refer to as the elevator pitch, right? Uh, you're, you know, you got 20 seconds in an elevator with the executive ready, go. Um, the elevator pitch of this is, is really cool concept, but the execution of everything is just terrible absolutely terrible i really can't find anything to like about this movie um other than it's only 91 minutes so you're you're not i I don't know man there's just terrible execution of the characters um subpar writing i think that uh or jogian Right, I don't know, Geohegan, whatever. He, his heart's in the right place. Seems like it's a lower budget movie, I guess. I just, I did not like this movie. It has some great concepts, but the execution is terrible. That's all I have to say, man. I'm sorry, I just don't have a lot. There's nothing, I don't know. 1.75. I, I really did not like this movie. It's, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> There's not a lot to say about this film other than that it's really not that great a lot of people do like it to put this a little bit more in context audience scores 33 percent tomato meter critics it's 84 percent the reason why i chose this film to review is because i like looking up whenever there's not a lot of stuff to see at the theater or when we're going on vacation and we need to uh, and we're not going to have time to go to the theater. It's good to watch stuff on VOD. So I read a couple of lists uh, that people posted of like the best movies that have come out so far or that will be coming out. And this made a couple of these lists. And I think what the appeal of this film is, is that it was obviously made on a budget. And the idea of the film is incredibly inventive. Which is why I give the movie a 2.5 out of 5. Because it feels like that some people that really wanted to make films cobbled up some money and went out and made this film on on somebody's property. That's what it feels like. But that's not really the case. It was directed by this Ted Gogahagen, and it does star some people that have been in a number of things, like Ezra Buzzington. Granted, he could have done it as a favor, I suppose. But this Ted... Goigenhagen, Geohagen, he wrote and directed uh, We Are Still Here, which was an indie horror film that was popular a few years ago that a lot of people enjoyed. And I think that's pretty much it that he's uh, worked on that anybody has ever really saw or cared to actually talk about in articles or whatnot. Now, that doesn't necessarily discredit this as a 
low-budget movie, but because there was some talent behind the camera and some talent in front of the camera, you, you would think that they would have tried to have made the film feel a little bit more authentic than just trying to go all out grindhouse B horror or D-grade horror. And it never really does become D-grade horror. Good D-grade... Uh, I'm not going to D's a little, little too, but I'll, I'll say maybe B or C-grade horror until the last maybe 15, 20 minutes or so. The killer, like... All these people, the bad guys, they're caricatures. They're not people that you really care about to begin with. You don't even care that they're assholes because you can just tell that they're actors. A couple of them come across as Renaissance Fair actors. I don't mean that as a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just going to leave it at that. And yeah, I thought the makeup was great. I thought the main girl, the character, uh, her, Kenihito Horn... Apologize for butchering everybody's name here. Her makeup was fantastic. I thought her performance was very good and effective. So like Matt, I'm there in the fact that this is a very interesting movie with a great concept, but it's just not a well-made movie. So I'm willing to give it a 2.5 out of 5 and call it quits. All right, very good. Well, then that leaves us with I Kill Giants. Gift of new, gift of old. Bless the righteousness, guide my hand against the darkness, my final stand. Barbara, I want to get to know you a little bit more. Do you have many friends? What about your sister? I play your dragons or whatever if you ask me to. That would be hilarious. What are you doing? What's it for? There's some serious stuff going down. I find giants. I hunt giants. I kill giants. Cool. Yeah, that's it. Dark omens are totally cool. A giant comes to a place and takes everything from you. And when it's done, it's like anything that made your life good was never even there. Giant's not real. Then why are you sweating? I know that no one likes me. I know that everything I do looks crazy. This isn't real. You're not listening to me! This giant is coming! We're gonna save this town. There are times where you have to ask yourself, do I want to live my life as a coward? Or a warrior? All right, 2017 fantasy drama film directed by Anders Walter. Uh, stars uh, Madison Wolf, Imogen Poot, Sidney Wade, Rory Jackson, and Zoe Saldana. Uh, this here is the story of Barbara Thornson. Uh, Thorson. Uh, she's a you know, young, free-spirited teenager. Uh, she lives with her brother um, and her sister, Karen. Um, Barbara has a very clear, um, uh, clear mission in life. Uh, she has created a complete fantasy world. Um, and she believes that giants are, uh, coming to attack the town. And so she is one who 
is there she she's the one who's got to stop him and so she's building traps and has weapons and all this cool stuff that she's got going on she is uh um she befriends a young woman, girl named sophia and she just moved from england uh and of course their friendship has strains and everything like that uh shenanigans ensue as i always like to say and well the movie plays out from there watching this movie i got a very very big bridge to terabithia vibe i'm not gonna say that the movie plays out like bridge to terabithia but i'm not not saying it either i think that there are some very there's some very real character work going on here i just don't know if i like how the story itself um is written i think it's shot very well um and given given the the fantasy elements in the storytelling combined with the real world elements that are supposed to be in their own way working in concert with the fantasy elements that barbara's dealing with I, I like how they kind of mesh that real world and the fantasy world. But at the same time, I wonder if it is the strongest way to tell a story like this. I think it's an inventive way to tell a story like this. I just don't know if it's the strongest way to tell a story. Um, especially when you have a character like uh, Zoe Saldana, who plays Mrs. Molly, uh, who, who's like a... Um, a guidance counselor or whatever. Maybe it's because I watched this movie so soon after seeing Tully. <laughs> I don't know. But I just kind of felt like the characters that they use as bridges between Barbara's world and Barbara's fantasy, I think were, were, were better built for the story being told than Barbara was to, to drive the story itself. And again, this is something that I think should have been the other way around. I believe it would have made a more compelling story. I think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting movie. I definitely like the movie, but it just leaves a little bit to be desired. And quite frankly, I'm thinking it's, you know, you know, more or less not my cup of tea, but that doesn't mean that I should hold it against the film. So I give this one a three out of five uh, because of its story elements, because of strong character work and the way that it is shot. Um, and I also give it a three because I think that the characters and the way that they work between real and fantasy um, and Barbara's fantasy, I, I think that the, the roles should have been reversed to provide a better flow. So three out of five. Bring us home there, Tim. We haven't really yelled at each other in quite a while, Matthew, over movies. And we are definitely not going to be starting that this episode. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> this is a three out of five movie uh, for me. I, too bad I just couldn't just leave that review just saying that. But um, I, I got a lot of a Monster Calls vibes from this movie. Uh, of course, Monster Calls is that other beautifully made fantasy film, which is actually about a child coping with sadness in relation to a monster helping that child cope with sadness. 
However, I thought the emotion in I Killed Giants is very surface level and spread thin from the beginning to the end. Within the first 15 minutes, you know that this movie is about something more than just fictional giants in a young woman's fantasy world. It's something actually deeper and sadder. So I thought it was very difficult to get lost in the fantasy elements when you can see what the real world is so clearly from the get-go. And what I mean by that, like the movie Where the Wild Things Are, where there is a fantasy world where you, the audience, can get lost in it. And you really aren't sure whether if it was a real fantasy world or if it was not. And if I remember correctly, by the end of the film, you're still not sure if it was a fantasy world or if it was not. But the overall tone of the film and the meaning of the film was all about coping, growing up, being strong. And it was just absolutely beautiful. The same can be, well, the same cannot be said for A Monster Calls, because you know very, you know, you know that this kid hasn't lost it. He's just having to deal with a lot of shit. And so you know it's a coping mechanism. Therefore, you're able to identify and understand the emotional depths that the young boy's having to explore. I Kill Giants is definitely a, a beautiful film to look at. The story itself is quite beautiful, but what it really comes down to is that it's just a charming misfire that I just think that more people are comfortable with because it hardly scratches the surface of the sadness of humanity until the very, very end, when, honestly, I thought it was one of two things. Her mom had cancer, <laughs> her mom was dying, or she had an abusive father upstairs. And so one of the two happens. But nothing is ever really at stake. The emotional well-being of the child, and the danger of and terror of the giants taking over a small town, the stakes aren't there, because you know from the very beginning, those aren't real. Yet, the movie is treating it as if they are real. But again, there's no denying that the film does mean well. It's just a charming misfire. I'll just end it with that. So, I too give I Kill Giants a 3 out of 3. 3 out of 3. Okay. <laughs> you mean 3 out of 5? Or are you sticking to 3 out of 3? I'm sorry. I've, I'm still overboard. <laughs> ah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, let's hope that next week's episode, uh, can, can get us out of our malaise, as it were. Next week's movies are gonna be Solo, A Star Wars Story, Action Point, and Upgrade. And so without further ado, I guess it is now once again time for the spiel, is it not, sir? Spiel on! Hey! Whoa! You wouldn't be trying to cheat Kevin Run, though, would you, Swap? No, honest. Uh, what happened? Nothing. <sighs> Playing hide the salami in the shower. <laughs> oh, come on, man. All 
Worldwide, where the music you've been listening to, as always, has been brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. As for us, we are, of course, the SLS Cast. You can find us at SLSCast.com. You can send us an email to the show at SLSCast.com. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can follow me, this is Matt, on Twitter at Nitwit12345. You can, of course, climb aboard that information superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter if that's your heart's desire. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or Fibris on Stitcher Radio, as well as track us down on the old SoundCloud. And don't forget to look us up on Patreon. So until next week, this is Matt saying that thanks to Imogene Poots, I get to say this. Seriously, I don't think there's any right way to do anything apart from if you're just being you. Then it's a sincere situation. Take care, cinephiles, and we'll talk at you again next week. Madam, perhaps we should be going. Oh, farewell, monsieur. Thank you so much. So nice to see you. And I hope very much we will see you again very soon. Au revoir, monsieur. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening.